You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 172 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. It's the last Sunday of the month and as usual we are going to hear a pre-recorded talk. This time I want to play a talk by Terence McKenna which deals with the concept of being a vegetarian. I'm not a vegetarian and it shocks many people and my repose is simply the most intelligent beings I've ever met are plants. So why shouldn't I eat meat? Uh, <clears throat> you know, you want me to chow down on a turnip in good conscience? You, you can't be serious. Uh, okay, now let's close with the song Rubber Dream by Food Eater. Freedom is in the mind. I think they're gone. Okay, so now let's continue here and talk a bit about death. I mean, after all, we are all going to die. It is, as I said before, the last Sunday of the month. And as usual, I normally play a pre-recorded talk, but uh, this time it won't be a very long one because I have some things I want to say myself. However, I want to begin by playing a short bit by philosopher Alan Watts discussing the concept of death, which is really just change. Change, and everything is change, nothing can be held on to. To the degree that you go with a stream, you see, you are still. You're flowing with it. But to the degree you resist the stream, then you notice that the current is rushing past you and fighting with you. So swim with it. Go with it. And you're there. You're at rest. And this is, of course, particularly true when it comes to those moments when life really seems to be going to take us away. And the stream of change is going to swallow us completely. The moment of death And we think, oh, oh, this is it. This is the end. And so at death we withdraw. Say, no, 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 not that. Not, not, not yet, please. But actually, the whole problem is uh, that there really is no other problem for human beings than to go over that waterfall when it comes. Just as you go over any other waterfall. Just as you go on from day to day. Just as you go to sleep at night. Be absolutely willing to die. Now, I'm not preaching. I'm not saying you ought to be willing to die and that you should um, muscle up your courage and somehow put on a good front 
when the, when the terrible thing comes. That's not the idea at all. The point is that you can only die well if you understand this system of waves. If you understand that your disappearance as the form in which you think you are you, your disappearance as this particular organism is simply seasonal. That uh, you are just as much the dark space beyond death as you are the light interval called life. These are just two sides of you. Because you is the total wave. See, you can't have half a wave. Nobody ever saw waves which just had crests. No troughs. So you can't have half a human being who is born but doesn't die. Half a thing. That would be only half a thing. But the propagation of vibrations, and life is vibration, it simply goes on and on, but its cycles are long cycles and short cycles. Space, you see, is not just nothing. If I could magnify my hand to an enormous degree so that you could see all the molecules in it, I don't know how far apart they would be, but it seems to me they would be something like tennis balls uh, in a very, very large space. And you'd look when I move my hand like this and say, for God's sake, look at all those tennis balls. They're all going together. Crazy. And there are no strings tying them together. Isn't that queer? No, but the space going with them. And space is a function of, or it's an inseparable aspect of, whatever solids are in the space. That is the clue, probably, to what we mean by gravity. We don't know yet. So in the same way, when those marvelous sandpipers come around here, the little ones, while they're in the air flying, they have one mind. They move all together. When they alight on the mud, they become individuals and they go picking around for worms or something. But one click of the fingers and all those things are going zipped into the air. They don't seem to have a leader because they don't follow when they turn. They all turn together and go off in another direction. Amazing. But they're like the molecules in my hand. So then you see, here's the principle. When you don't resist change, I mean over-resist, I don't mean being flabby. When you don't resist change, you see that the changing world, which disappears like smoke, is no different from the nirvana world. Nirvana, as I said, means breathe out, let go of the breath, so in the same way don't resist change. It's all the same principle. 
So the Bodhisattva saves all beings, not by preaching sermons to them, but by showing them that they are delivered, they are liberated by the very fact of not being able to stop changing. You can't hang on to yourself. You don't have to try not to hang on to yourself. It can't be done. And that is salvation. Memento mori. Be mindful of death. Gurdjieff says in uh, one of his books that the most important thing for anyone to realize is that you and all you every person you see will soon be dead. See, it sounds so gloomy to us because we have devised a culture fundamentally resisting death. I like the notion that a life is a wave so really what we've got to do is surf, dude. Death. How often do we think about it? And if we think about it too much, do we neglect life? The older I get, the closer I am. And it is often said amongst those that have taken psychedelics that they don't fear death as much anymore. I'm not sure I agree with this. It's not that I fear death. Well, that's not true either. Um, Okay, I want to read from an account I wrote after a very intense ayahuasca ceremony many years ago. The third ceremony was even more intense and it fell around the time of the full moon. Perhaps why the lunacy came back, this time even stronger than the night before. I knew that love is the only way forward in life, the only path worth walking. Neither hate nor anger does any good. Still. I could not find a way to do this. For me, having been angry at the insanity of the world my whole life, it is a difficult step to take, to live a life with love in your heart. But I'm also an intellectual and I could not get my mind to stop buzzing. And you shouldn't think too much when you are inside an ayahuasca ceremony. And I experienced and saw the never-ending cycles of death and rebirth, the soul forever lost within the mind. No peace, no release, no truth. Is this what is waiting for us when we die? Insanity for all infinity? 
I stumbled outside. I needed to get away from the shamans, from the Icaros. I had to be alone. I felt I had ruined my life. The despair I had seen killed any optimism I had. And it put the fear of death in me yet again. Because as soon as death comes, I will re-enter the realm of this intellectual limbo. My search for truth would never be fulfilled. I sat on a wooden bench in the moonlight. The rainforest was calm and beautiful. Suddenly someone came walking through the forest. The noise this person made somehow made me think it was an animal. I looked in its direction and for a moment I thought I saw a jaguar. A real one. And it frightened me. In the weak state I was in I would be eaten for sure. My heart took an extra beat and then I calmed down when I realized it was just someone passing by. I went back inside and lied down on my bed. I didn't think the shamans would come and sing for me again. I thought they had finished with me or that I had missed it being outside. But suddenly one of them appeared by my bed. I sat up to face the Icaros and for the first time during the whole night I felt I could sink into the singing. For some reason I recalled my jaguar dream that I had a few nights before and I recalled the imagined jaguar encounter that I had only moments before when I was sitting outside on that bench. And suddenly in the flash of a moment I had an epiphany. Love is the way and the jaguar is the key. I felt so strong and powerful. I was filled with life and confidence. Any sign of insanity vanished in a moment. There was nothing to fear, not even in death. If the path of love is traveled and the only way for me to walk this path is to invoke the jaguar within. Thank you, thank you, I kept repeating, grateful that I had not ruined my life, my optimism. The answer had come at the very end of the night. Everything was resolved. The next day I found a book uh, called Medicine Cards by Jamie Sams and David Carson. And in it I just by accident discovered this poem. Sacred Jaguar, teach me to wear my power lightly, to walk with impeccability, to approach life with compassion and to live up to the integrity of my human potential. So yes, I've seen the insanity of what awaits when you die, but it can be avoided if you live life with joy, with love, with compassion. I'm not saying there's a hell. Planet Earth, I know you think 
that you're going to live forever. You like to put this out of your mind and not think of the fact that one day you'll draw your last breath. Your heart will beat its last time. There'll be no more life left in your body. Where is your soul going? Are you prepared? I know you prepared your house. I know you prepared your income. I know you prepared your marriage, your children. You planned out your whole life. But you've made no plans whatsoever for where you're headed when you leave this world. Hell is a place. It is a place that existed before you were ever born. It is there. It's going to be there. And there's nothing you can do to change that one bit whatsoever. I'm not saying there is a hell, but if you spend eternity without love or not within the realm of love, and if whatever waits for us on the other side for some reason is not loving, then it must be hell. But this is not the biggest issue I have with death. This is not the fear I have regarding dying. And what I'm about to say is a sort of contradiction. But um, if you have children or a lover, partner, even a pet you love a lot, by dying you lose them. You leave them behind. And I'm not certain if the person dying is the one losing out or the people that remain. I have many ideas of the afterlife if there even is one. But don't forget that we do not know. We do not know. But another scary aspect is we will all know eventually. I guess that is why I'm attracted to melancholy, because there is a sort of sadness with existence. And the more you love people, the more love you will lose when you die, and that's the contradiction. If you want to avoid pain, love no one. And then in the moment of death, you will not lose anything. However, on the flip side, to quote the poet Tennyson, It's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. And if, as so many sages have said, and what psychedelic experience have told me as well, if it is that life is only a part of a much larger life, and that a heart full of love and compassion will serve you in the afterlife, then I guess love is a good thing to have in your life. And if you die and nothing happens, you simply cease to exist, then at least you had a loving life. So I guess with all this in mind, love makes a better death. There is a saying by the Australian Aboriginals that I always liked. It goes, we are all visitors to this time, this place. We are just passing through. Our purpose here is to observe, to learn, to grow, to love and then we return home. 
Still, I guess having a daughter has added to this fear. I, I do feel a sort of sorrow already. Not that it needs to be a bad kind of sorrow. Something sad can be beautiful as well. The change of the seasons when summer is killed by fall and winter. How a beautiful flower withers and dies. I guess death can really teach us to cherish the moment. The now. Because in the now lies eternity. As a father you try to teach your child to say daddy, dog, bye, hello. And I just got the idea that I will teach her to say now, eternity, love, beauty. There is plenty of time for her to figure out what a dog is called. But the sooner she can figure out what love means the better. I've been working on it since before the internet existed. You know, this question of what love is. And uh, I'm almost there, I think. Then again, a child does not need to know love. A child is love-embodied, unconditional. And one day my child is dead, and one day I am dead. This is a fact, and no matter who you are, you got to come to terms with it. Uh, The sooner, the better. Many people say they don't fear death, but I doubt they think about it properly. They should, at least once a month if possible. Sit down and consider your own mortality. I do it daily, but maybe that's a bit too much. I just hope that when I die it will be as I imagined. Something amazing, loving and beautiful. And if it only goes black and I cease to exist, well, I won't even have time to know that. As long as I don't wake up in some sort of pod with wires strapped to me in some sort of dystopian sci-fi world, that would suck. I have a little paranoia about that. What if we humans are so obsessed with living longer lives because deep down we know that this horrible dystopian sci-fi world um, exists after death and and to be alive in this life now is a break from that horror uh, that we keep going back to with each reincarnation. I'm sorry if this episode is rambling incoherently, going back and forth between different viewpoints, but I don't know. We don't know what death is. I have no answers here. Perhaps you have some? All I got is that Jaguar poem um, story. You know, sacred Jaguar, teach me to wear my power lightly, to walk with impeccability, to approach life with compassion, to live up to the integrity of my human potential. Oh well. Maybe we should just listen to a disclaimer by comedian Bill Bird, you know, just to get another feeling for the topic. Believe it or not, just because you're walking around talking about religion and the afterlife and and doing unto others and you're talking this great game, it doesn't mean that you can't be full of shit. I really believe that there is some sort of thing out there and I wouldn't be surprised if there is something after this. I wouldn't be surprised if you just go into the ground and you decay and you give life to the next fucking thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Earth is punishment for something that I did in a, in a different solar system. That's another thing about religion. <clears throat> Forget about the dinosaurs. It doesn't even bring up space. 
That's one thing about Scientology. For as much shit as people give Scientology, at least it has the brains to incorporate outer space. You know? <laughs> I don't know if that's a really good point or if that's really fucking stupid, but, you know, <clears throat> I don't fucking know. Yeah, so, yeah, that's also one way to look at it. And I also agree with that viewpoint that Bill Burr had uh, or has... Uh, let's give Terence McKenna the final word when he is answering a question regarding what he thought and felt about his own imminent death. You mean you're referring to the fact that I have uh, uh, glioblastoma multiforma, which is a form of brain cancer? Well, I wish I could say I'd had more insight into death. I've had a fair amount of insight into dying, which I find a very alarming prospect. Um, it doesn't, it, death itself is so far beyond ordinary experience, the threat of dying doesn't really move you toward understanding it. Um, Death is the great mystery around which religions are built. And being able to say, I know what it is, I know how it works, is the way you start a congregation and uh, get a little community going. Um, I would say the big surprise for me was I'm not afraid of death the way I thought I would be. It's just such an intellectual question mark that you just move to the next page uh, because there's nothing to be said about death except that it seems to last rather a long time. Actually, let's have the great poet Rumi make the final, final word in regards to death. He said, our death is our wedding with eternity. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. 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 divine mystery join us at patreon.com forward slash natural born alchemist support the podcast and you will receive all the glory of the universe as well as my eternal thanks 
you can find a link at the website. Freedom is in the mind. Uh, this episode was a bit all over the place and it's not that long and uh, I don't know, I just wanted to... I found it very hard to explain what I'm trying to explain. You know, I'm not afraid of death. But I'm not not afraid of it either. I guess that's what I'm saying. There is an excitement about dying one day. There's, there is a beauty in it. But there is also sorrow and sadness. So um, maybe... Maybe the trick is not to think about it too much and just enjoy life. I want to close with the track Distillation from the debut album Iosis by Alchemista Sonida because death is a distillation of sorts. If you want to check out this artist, simply go to alchemistasonida.com. Next Sunday we are going to talk about reality, or actually, to be fair, what I call professed reality. So take it easy, stay alive, and uh, freedom is in the mind. Dico